Welcome to the first episode of 10AI Podcast, Demystifying AI in Our Daily Life. This is Mari, and I and my partner Zad are the host of this podcast under MIT and Harvard Women in AI. Today, we're welcoming Koji Noshiba, the co-founder of AI security startup, Robust Intelligence. He graduated Harvard in 2019 with a degree in computer science and statistics. During his undergraduate years, Koji started a data science consulting firm in Tokyo, alongside economists from Harvard and MIT. He also worked with Professor Singer, a professor of computer science and applied math at Harvard, and published research papers on the machine learning and financial risks. Kojin, thank you for coming today. And firstly, Zaro kick us off by asking Kojin about his startup. Sounds good. Thank you for having me. First of all, congratulations for being selected as one of the top 33 San Francisco software engineering companies and startup of the year 2021 by beststartup.us. To kick us off, can you tell us more about what Rumbas Intelligent does? Sure. Yeah, um, I can start with some like basic information. So uh first of all um yeah i'm i'm a co- i'm kojin i'm a co-founder here at robust intelligence we are a uh, post series a ai startup in san francisco uh we're backed by uh sequoia and some other great investors basically our mission is to secure ai systems by eliminating their operational risks um and so what are operational risks in ai basically i think the best way to understand is is with a software analogy so if you think about software systems There are a lot of ways to test software and eliminate bugs and make sure that uh, software systems are safe and reliable, right? And there are tools like, you know, firewall and antivirus software, pen testing, fuzzing. All these tools exist to to ensure that. However, in AI, those tools don't exist at all, and and that's a huge issue. And what happens today is data scientists and machine learning engineers develop these models. And deploy in production, but all things go wrong in production because they're not uh, testing their models enough and and trying to identify these risks. So what we're building at Robust Intelligence is a product that runs a, a suite of stress tests against machine learning models, and we build a, a protection mechanism uh, which we call an AI firewall. And we're basically providing this to any uh, companies that have uh, data science and machine learning teams. That are developing AI models in house. That sounds really awesome. AI security is a really attractive and competitive space in Silicon Valley. So, what strength does Rumbas Intelligence have that draws the attentions from investors and tech communities? Yeah, I think when I think this is like a a common theme that comes up in seed investment, especially、um, people say the most two most important things are people and market, and I think that that probably attracted. Uh, our investors to to invest in us. So、uh, I'll start with the people. So basically,、uh, you know, my co-founder and and CEO Yaron was was a professor at Harvard. So he was a a CS and applied math professor, and he's been working on this domain for quite some time.、Uh, previously, before Harvard, he was at Google AI as a researcher,、um, and、uh, and so on. And、uh, you know we published、uh, some papers together, and after that, right, we gathered、um, a lot of strong、uh, engineers from companies like Google, Facebook, Uber, Microsoft, and so on. Not just you know any engineers, but people who actually built machine learning systems at these companies. And this kind of team of superstars, I think, really uh, attracted uh, our investors. So people is one, and the other aspect is is the market, right? Like even if you have great people. If you have a small market, you know it's not a good business. 
And when you look at this market, right, like just like um, I talked about software, right, like in in kind of an analogous space in software, there are so many companies like Datadog, like CrowdStrike, New Relic, Cloudflare, like these are all like public companies that are worth, you know, tens of billions of dollars. And there are like multiple of them, right? And if you think about AI, it's inevitable that um, it's going towards like a similar trend where uh, there needs to be more and more tools and softwares for ensuring that uh, AI systems are risk-free. Um, so I think our investors also saw this um, exploding market opportunity as well. Wow. It seems like Roomba's intelligence has a huge competitive advantage over the other competitors in the space with the team and the market. So let's now talk about how Roomba's intelligence is started. We found that Roomba's intelligence initially began with a research about Roomba's AI at Harvard. So what prompted you and Professor Singer and the team to research about Roomba's AI in the first place? Yeah, I think that's a good question. So when we started doing research on uh, AI, AI robustness, um, I think it was at a time where AI was, I think people had a rosy picture um, on, about AI, right? Right now, people like talk about like, yeah, things like security and, and fairness implications and ethics and all these kind of stuff. But I think at the time, people were still very optimistic about what AI can do. And so for us, like it was very interesting, uh, and it was a very interesting research topic to kind of, you know, identify the, the vulnerabilities and the loopholes that exist in a technology that people believe are like just, you know, uh, a solution that can solve anything, right? And that's kind of what what got us into um, doing research on um, robust AI. And, and I think, you know, the reason why we started the company is also very similar. I think when we started the research, like I think the research community uh, started to pick up on this theme, right? Of like, oh, AI is not perfect. There are a lot of issues and risks that are involved. But I think it took time and it's still catching up, right? For the industry to kind of um, adhere these kind of understanding, right? Um, and so I think, um, yeah, I think the initial motivation was that um, we wanted to kind of understand the downsides of the, the, the AI tech, yeah. That's really an inspiring story. Let's now move on to the product that Robust Intelligence offers. From the previous answers, we understand that Robust Intelligence offers Robust Intelligence Model Engine, Rhyme, a solution with a goal of eliminating operational risk inherent in AI. So from Robust Intelligence research or conversations with AI practitioners, what are the major operational or technical risks that companies face when installing AI into their system? Yeah, I think... Um, there are a lot of different categories, but I can kind of talk about the, the major ones uh, that a lot of companies face. So one of them, for example, is um, unexpected model behavior. So um, what happens is, you know, if you've taken, for example, like an intro machine learning class, you know that people measure machine learning performance by average accuracy or average precision recall or false positive rate. But you know, that is basically a single metric that tries to summarize the entirety of the model behavior, right? And people rely on these metrics to assess whether a, a model is production ready. But um, as a result, what happens is that when there are uh, data like corner case inputs, for example, that people are not anticipating, right? Um, these models can behave in unexpected ways and, and produce garbage outputs and, and can cause 
uh, user friction, for example. Um, a, an interesting example uh, that I, that I uh, heard from, from my friend who's a data scientist at a fintech startup is they, they had this model that I think predicts like credit risk. And after they deployed, they realized that um, their model performed much better on uh, large banks like Bank America and JPMC, uh, but did horribly on local credit unions. But because they were like looking at this uh, average metrics only, right, they couldn't capture these behaviors. So this is like one example of a risk, right? Another example is like um, misuse of the model or, or having like, um, like corner case inputs that are generated by humans. So uh, on this, like an example is like, um, we are working with a, um, a, like an e-commerce company and, and they have a product recommendation model. And obviously one of the features is product price. But what happens is, is sometimes, um, say, the U.S. team develops a, uh, a model and but sometimes like Japanese engineers, say use the model, right? So in that case, like Japanese engineers can sometimes feed in price as yen, uh, right, instead of dollars. And for, for, for reference, right, like a dollar is 100 yen. So that can really uh, drive the model crazy and, and, and produce weird recommendations. And, and uh, you know, you can, these are all like, um, instances of like what we call silent errors in the sense that the, the software system itself is functioning, right? Because there is some input, but the, the, the output is still like garbage, but it's not throwing a software error, right? So these are like silent errors that are uh, driving our customers crazy and what our product is, uh, is, is trying to eliminate. We understand that operational risks and technical risks are so dangerous for companies who would love to deploy AI for their product. But why is it so difficult for data scientists and AI practitioners in those companies um, to detect and get rid of those operational risks? Yeah, I think um, there are a couple of reasons. The first one is like a technical reason. So, you know, I mentioned a couple of examples, but, you know, what I haven't mentioned, there, there are so many more examples that I haven't mentioned and, you know, changes in distribution and like bad actors trying to mess up with the model or like bias predictions, all these things exist. And it's, it's extremely hard for a single company to um, enumerate all of these potential risks, right? It's like, you know, having, if you have like a company that's not focused on like cybersecurity and if you're tasked with like enumerating all the risks that exist in your servers or, or networks, that's almost impossible. And that's why people rely on uh, external companies to do these for them, right? And, and develop these tests for them. So it's very much like a similar principle here where um, there is a benefit to rely on companies like us because right their their job is not to uh, create the world-class uh, machine learning testing software or monitoring software but to actually you know develop their models for price recommend price prediction or recommendation or, or other domains right so um, there's like a there's this technical aspect um, and I guess I'm already touching on this a little bit, but the second aspect is, is time and resource allocation, right? As I said, their focus is not writing tests or, or uh, checking that the model is performing correctly, right? Like they, they have other obligations like, you know, creating models for other domains or improving the performance of existing domains. And these are the things that uh, machine learning engineers want to focus on, right? And so um, products, like our product basically gives them a, a room to work on these uh, on these um, applications, right? And, and not to focus too much on things like identifying and eliminating risks in, uh, in machine learning models. Um, one last thing I'll say is everything that I've said so far is about 
identifying risk in a single model. And that in itself is hard, but doing that at an organizational level is even harder. Um, what I've seen at companies is like, you know, different data scientists are, uh, some, some data scientists are writing tests, some data scientists are not, some data scientists are using Jupyter notebooks, some are not, and, and just different data scientists have different practices. And for example, if you're a manager at this company, like what's going on, right? Like, I don't understand like what kind of models they're training. I don't understand the risk. So I'm not ready to deploy these things. So I, or I don't know what's going to go on like when these models are deployed. And so this is like a more organizational level difficulties that they're facing. And these are all kind of the issues that uh, our products try to solve. We realized that the solution that Roomba's intelligence offer is an AI as well, which means that it is subjected to all the operational risks and technical risks that all other AI is subjected to. So out of curiosity, how do you and your team at Roomba's intelligence ensure that your product itself is capable of recognizing its inherent operational limitation and improve on that? I see. Interesting question. So I think, I guess like the analog here is like, if you have a software testing tool, how are you going to test that software testing tool, right? I mean, yeah, so I think, you know, um, internally, like we have, as you said, right, like we use machine learning to develop these things. And just like I'm assuming that, for example, like a CI tool like CircleCI might use like CircleCI internally or Datadog might use like Datadog internally to monitor their systems, right? Like we also use our product to uh, make sure that there are no issues in, in our machine learning model, right? So basically our tools our tools helping us developing machine learning models and it's also like a great way to improve our product because we can get direct user feedback from our machine learning engineers so like that's that's one way right like we're using our own product but i think kind of um i think another perspective is that inherently you know the the machine learning system that we're developing is uh different from the the machine learning systems that our customers are developing because the tasks are different, right? Like while like our customers are focused on a task, like uh, on tasks like, you know, yeah, recommending price or detecting fraud, things like that, right? Our ML system is like focused specifically on identifying risks, right? And it's, it's, um, it's basically where we can, we can directly optimize for uh, issues like um, having having operational risks in, in in the system, right? So, I think um, both are machine learning models, but it's just that the the thing that we're optimizing for in the model is very different, and therefore uh, our system uh, tends to be more robust towards the the types of things that we're capturing ourselves. That's indeed a smart strategy. So during this pandemic where people stay in house more and started relying on technology and AI more, has the increase in tech adoption recently revealed any new operational problems with AI? Um, yeah, I don't think the pandemic necessarily like neither like negatively or positively like impacted the product adoption. I think um yeah, I think we're in a market where uh the impact of the pandemic was not that large. That said, I think one thing I can say is that I think the pandemic revealed um, a lot of interesting things about the models that uh, kind of educated the market to adopt, to, to kind of see the importance of um, a software like what we provide. Um, so meaning that, you know, basically with pandemic, right, a lot of, for example, the user behaviors changed, right? So a lot of models that people developed before the pandemic 
suddenly it didn't work uh, after the pandemic because just people behave differently. And so the input output like pairs just didn't make sense anymore, right? So that, for example, revealed the importance of that, uh, revealed the fact that, right, like models are basically ephemeral, right? Ephemeral entities and you, you have to continuously test and make sure that your models are well equipped, well equipped to handle the incoming data and you know the changes in 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 the in the production data. So I think those things definitely it was indirect, but it definitely helped kind of educate the market on the importance of AI risk and, and eliminating them. Yeah, we can't agree more on that. As tech adoption increases, the idea of backtesting AI to increase its reliance and its security is very relevant and important for many views of AI applications today. So in your opinion, what sectors do you think have higher operational risk while implementing AI and in need of a comprehensive testing framework by robust intelligence to make it safer for consumers and the companies? I think the, I think the premise is that, um, you know, just like every, every company that uses software needs some kind of like observability and security tools for software, right? Any companies that use AI needs our product. Uh, to to eliminate risks in, in in their AI. So in that sense, like you know, our our customer body is you know any any customers that that have internal data science teams and, and developing developing their models. Um, that said, obviously there are a, a couple of segments that have reacted uh, extremely positively, um, and a couple of examples are like um, some like web platforms, right, like e-commerce and SaaS and analytics solutions, for example, where uh, they have um, massive data collected from users um, and they have a lot of different behavioral patterns, right? Because they just have so many users, right? Like, um, yeah, they just like behave in a variety of ways. And it's, it's really important for them to stress test their models, for example, uh, before the model goes out into production to capture these different behaviors and, and continuously uh, test that the, the model is behaving correctly. Uh, in production as well. So that's one domain. Um, beyond like tech companies, I think the insurance and the finance domains are uh, were, are big ones. Um, and I think that's because their models um, make a lot of critical decisions, right? So things like, you know, credit risk scoring or fraud detection, like lending decisions, all these things are just, you know, these are being automated, but these are domains where um, it's really important to make sure that the, the model's making the right decisions uh, towards like the right, the right users. Yeah, the sectors you have listed certainly need the technology to increase its safety and security for the consumers urgently. Let's now talk about the expansion plan for robust intelligence. In last year's Series A funding led by Sequoia, robust intelligence received a $14 million funding, which is really an amazing feat. So does Rombas Intelligence have any plan of marketing the product and advancing the tech to more sectors for the Series B funding? Yeah, yeah, totally. I think, um, yeah, like, uh, you know, the, the industries that we're in, uh, there are definitely uh, more, more companies that we can work with. Um, we are also, um, you know, expanding to, to other domains. Um, yeah, so we're, uh, we're continuing to grow. That's the first part of Kojin San's interviews about robust intelligence with 10 AI, brought to you by MIT and Harvard Women in AI. Thank you so much, Kojin, for the in-depth conversation about robust intelligence. We have learned so much about it, and we hope that the audience does too.
Next off, Marie will take over the last half of this interview where she will dive more in depth about the solution that Rumba's intelligence offers, as well as Kojin's opinions on controversies associated with AI and his career path. Thank you so much for listening and we hope to see you in our next episode.